Hello, everyone. This is a special episode of Unfound. I haven't done one of these for quite a long time. Something that's uh, vastly different from what you usually listen to on this podcast feed. There was a day time uh, some uh, years ago where once in a while, depending on the all the material I had collected, that might uh, release something on a Monday or, or Tuesday, depending, but those times, uh, it's been a while. Maybe going back to 2018 or something like that, simply because the episodes that come out every Friday uh, take enough work just all by themselves. But I've been wanting to do this special episode uh, pretty much uh, since uh, this past summer of 2023, because we just passed the three-year anniversary of a series I do on YouTube called Unfound Now. And uh, you should be familiar with it. If you're not, please, after you're done listening to this episode, please go to Unfound's YouTube channel to check out Unfound Now. What is Unfound Now for any of you who may not know? This is a series I started uh, summer of 2020, so right as COVID uh, was hitting, everybody um, was thinking, um, you know, what can be done? What is something new? And I even think that uh, I talked to my assistant, Sheree, about it. And Unfound Now is a monthly series in which I analyze a recent disappearance. And in contrast to all the episodes that you hear on this podcast feed of the podcast, you, we all now, me and everybody else, you and I now know as Unfound that has been around since 2016, in which a disappearance has to be a year old before it will get featured on Unfound. And there are many reasons for that that I'm not going to go into here. So Unfound Now gives me the opportunity to take a look at disappearances that have happened within the last few months. So um, I have an episode of Unfound Now that just came out yesterday with the disappearance of uh, an Asian woman from China in California, and she went missing back in July. And so... That's usually about the time frame. So if an episode comes out on October 1st, that means the disappearance happened sometime in September or August or maybe back, like with hers, back into July. And you could pick any other month. If, it, if uh, Unfound Now episode's coming out in June, that means that the, that the disappearance happened in May or April, maybe even going back into March. And I've been doing that for over three years. And it's interesting looking at newer disappearances, and all I do is look at the information that is out there officially. So going to websites, going to NamUs, going to a Facebook page if one has been already created for the missing person, even though the missing person's only been, you know, disappeared just a, a couple months ago, just kind of covers that time that we don't the kind of disappearance that we don't get to cover and I don't think we will ever cover 
on the regular podcast Unfound. And I do this for publicity reasons, uh, educational reasons, insight reasons. And I, if using YouTube, I usually have a map section in the middle. I show a route. I show an area, maybe possible nearby bodies of water, things like that. That's usually in the middle. And then it's bookended by me being on camera talking about this uh, disappearance, whichever one it is. Well, what I'm going to do today is something that I did recently for Patreon supporters and YouTube channel members that's different than subscribers. To be a YouTube channel member, uh, you have to hit the join button. You get some extra stuff that you don't get just being a subscriber to the channel. You might want to think about becoming uh, a a member there by hitting the join button on Unfound's YouTube channel, or of course go to patreon.com forward slash unfound podcast and sign up there. Either either place is fine. But I did something within the last couple of months where I looked at all of the unfound disappearances that have been somewhat resolved. You have to remember that we've covered, well now, as of today, I'm recording this on September 30th of 2023, uh, we've covered 306 disappearances total. Now some of those uh, episodes, of course, like Flight 370, many people in one episode, but so 306 missing persons episodes. This doesn't include update episodes or anniversary episodes, uh, revisitation episodes, but 306 episodes where we talked exclusively about missing people featured them. And I went through all of the ones that have somewhat been resolved. So this, these would be anywhere remains have been found or somebody has been charged with a murder, but the remains haven't been found yet. Some of them are very, very 100% resolved, like the murder of Zoe Campos. Her remains were found. Carlos Rodriguez is in jail. Andre Bowman, uh, of course, unfortunately, she was murdered by her father. Her remains were found. He's in jail. Then we have those others like Unique Harris. Uh, Isaac Moy has been charged. He's been convicted of her murder. Her remains have not been found yet. On the other hand, we have somebody like Thomas Brown, who his remains have been found, but it's still very much up in the air what happened. Those all got mentioned in this special episode that I created for Patreon and YouTube supporters called Unfound Resolved. So I'm now going to do the same thing for the Unfound Now episodes. So I'm going to list, I'm going to go through, do a little discussion of those people that we have featured on Unfound Now whose disappearances have been somewhat resolved. Some of these are very, very, very resolved, 100% resolved. And then some of them are a bit up in the air, just like some of the unfound, unfound ones are too. So that's what this episode is. And let's get started. First, some statistics. Just a couple. Don't want to uh, overburden you with any numbers uh, with just audio of this podcast. 
As I told you, when I did this um, special episode of Unfound, where I only talked about resolved disappearances, somewhat resolved or somewhat resolved disappearances, we've covered a total of 306. 27 of them have at least been somewhat resolved, as I already explained. Some of them are 100% completed. Some of them, still a lot of questions remain, but I still put it in the in that resolved episode. So 306 episodes of disappearances, 27 at least somewhat resolved. So that's not even 10%. Disappearances, it's, they're tough. There's a reason uh, not a lot of people devote their lives exclusively to reporting on them, investigating them, etc. I mean, that's tough. The, the murder closure rate or solve rate is much higher than that number, 27 out of 306, 110%. The murder solution rate, murders that get solved, is way, way higher than that. It just shows you how hard disappearances, disappearances can be to be resolved, even to get partially resolved, even to find remains or charge somebody. It doesn't even have to be 100% resolved like Zoe Campuses or some others. Just to get somewhat resolved is very, 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 very difficult. Uh, but we, uh, you know, we'll keep working at it here at Unfound. But 27 out of 306. In contrast, there have now been 36 total Unfound Now episodes, and 18 of them have at least been somewhat. Resolved, And those are the ones I'm going to be talking about here in a moment. We're going to go through the, sp- the specifics of each one. So not even 10% of the unfound ones have been resolved, but 50% of the unfound now ones have been resolved to a certain point. And I think the big difference between the two is that with unfound now, we're talking about very, very recent disappearances. Whereas with Unfound, the disappearances are at least a year old. And I will remind you that the average age of a disappearance we cover on the podcast is about 22 years old. So what we're also saying, I think this is something we all have to keep in mind as we're going forward. Once a disappearance gets to be a year unsolved. The odds of it being resolved drop really, 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 really quickly. We go from a situation where if uh, I feature an unsolved disappearance that's only a couple months old, the stats now say that 50% of the time that disappearance is probably going to get resolved. Whereas... Like I said, you get to a year, that drops down to under 10%. Time. Time is a huge factor in these, of course we believe a lot of them are crimes, but even if they're not, in these incidents, in these crimes, accidents, I'm guessing some of them are suicides, on and on and on. Time is a huge factor And I realize there's that idea, well, the first 48 hours is so important. I would say that it's the first seconds, 
remember we have the disappearance of Tiffany Johnson, which was in that somewhat resolved category that I, I did uh, for that episode a month ago, that she was only out of her brother's sight for like a minute. And the guy who surely killed her uh, was only out of sight for an hour and a half. Yes, he got convicted for kidnapping her, but she's still missing. Even though she was only out of sight for a minute, the suspect, the guy who surely killed her, was only out of sight for an hour and a half. And they could even trace where he went with his ping information from his phone, and still she is missing. So 48 hours is forever. It's just, remember that, it's just a marketing ploy. It's just something to put on the title of a TV show. There's no statistics. There's no science behind that. That's just something people say. Remember that. And I don't care if you hear a police officer say that, professors say that, your next-door neighbors say that. If you're talking to that person about true crime, that's just a cliche. There are no scientific facts to back that up. We, I think we've shown that really, if we're really going to get into the study of this, it's a lot, the time is a lot shorter than 48 hours. Keep that in mind. So once again, for all of the unfound episodes, 306, 27 have been somewhat resolved. Unfound now, out of 36, 18 have been resolved. What I also find interesting about this is about the first six, we started this in June of 2020, about the first six in a row have all been resolved. And then after that, it's like we have a a couple that are resolved and then we'll go a few months and they aren't resolved and then a couple more are resolved. You're going to see how how this all works out. So I just wanted to go through those statistics with you so you understand uh, why I find this so fascinating, and I hope you do as well. First one, uh, first missing person we ever featured on Unfound Now was, uh, she was Linda Stoltfus from Bath, yes, B-A-T-H, Pennsylvania. And I'm just going to read uh, this episode that came out in June of 2020. It was the first one, if you remember, uh, was she Amish or, or Mennonite? And she was walking back from some get-together, and she was abducted. And so I'm going to read uh, just a partial part of a story so all of you can understand what happened here. Um, Husto Smoker cried Friday as he addressed the family and friends of Linda Stoltfus, the Amish teen he kidnapped and murdered last summer as she walked home from church in Pennsylvania. Stoltfus, 18, of bird in hand, was less than a half mile from her family's home June 21, 2020, when Smoker 35 of nearby Paradise forced her into his car and drove off. Her autopsy indicated she was sexually assaulted. The Smoker has denied that allegation. Smoker approached Linda from behind and choked her with his arm under her neck and then with shoelaces until she was no longer breathing. Assistant Lancaster District Attorney Todd Brown said in court he then stabbed Linda in the neck one time to ensure that she was dead. That was the first disappearance uh, 
that we ever covered. Now, what I also remember about this is that they had, uh, I think, video of his car in the area around the time. And although he got caught, they eventually tracked him down. It was a while before they were able to track down her remains. In fact, there was a fear for a time that he would be convicted. He would be caught. They wouldn't have enough information to convict him, but her remains would never be found. We know that happens. Uh, but in this situation, she was found, as you heard here, that the remains were in a state that they could do an autopsy to, to indicate that she had been sexually assaulted and how she had been murdered. This would be in contrast to Tom Brown, where his remains were found, and still nobody can scientifically say how he died. So that was the uh, the first missing person featured on Unfound Now, and this got resolved about a year later. But I can remember doing this episode, the first one, thinking, not sure if, how far they're going to get on this one or not. Um, very sad this happened, but luckily they 100% resolved it. Her remains were found. The right person was convicted, and I'm hoping he's in jail for the rest of his life. Moving on. This episode uh, came out in July of 2020, and the missing person was Erica Lloyd. This is a very well-known disappearance at the time that it happened. Remember, this happened in California. This was a woman from kind of northern California who went missing in southern California. Why was she going down to the Joshua Tree area? What was going on? Remember, her car was found. This is that disappearance. I, I featured this on that second episode of Unfound Now. And this is a story that eventually came out in, uh, in on February 22nd of 2021. So what would that be? About eight months after... I had that episode came come out about her disappearance. This is what was written. In Wonder Valley, California, human, human remains found last month in California's Wonder Valley have been, identi been identified as a missing mom who vanished during a pandemic road trip last summer. Erica Ashley Lloyd, 37, of Walnut Creek, was reported missing June 17th by her family. According to the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department, Lloyd was believed to be traveling to the Joshua Tree National Park and was last seen in person on Sunday, June 14th in the city of Walnut Creek. San Bernardino County authorities said in a news release, deputies, search and rescue volunteers, sheriffs, aviation and park rangers from the Joshua Tree National Park conducted numerous numerous search operations in the weeks and months following her disappearance. You might also remember that her car was wrecked. I think they discovered that somebody had found her car and then took it for a joyride. I think that that's what happened. Uh, I remember thinking, even though I know a lot of people out there were thinking uh, that this was foul play, this was not one, maybe some people still think that, uh, this is not one that struck me as being connected to any sort of foul play. It's obvious to me, very sadly, that Erica, Erica was going through something mental. I don't know. Maybe it was drug-related or something. I really don't know. But something was going on with her personally that she drove from Walnut Creek the whole way down to Joshua. Then I think drove back up there a long ways, then went back down there again. 
some very odd choices and actions, and that's what led me to believe that this was eventually, if it was going to be resolved, that this would be something that she caused all on her own. And it took a little while. This got a lot of attention back at the time, but her remains were found uh, in that area where her car was, and I think that they have closed the investigation on her death. So that was the second one uh, from Unfound Now. Came out in July of 2020. And like I said, that story came out. It was resolved February 22nd of 2021. Next Unfound Now episode that has been resolved. Next one is Mary Lane Carter. And that first name is all one word, M-A-R-I-L-A-N-E. This is the August 2020 episode of Unfound. And this is one that my perception, thinking back at it three years later, is it was once again one that got a lot of attention, but it got resolved fairly quickly because I even have in my notes here that this episode came out in August of 2020, but it also got resolved. In August of 2020. This is a little bit common. In fact, we'll get to one eventually where it got resolved. I did the episode and it got resolved before I could even release the episode. So this is what happens sometimes when you cover very, very new disappearances. It may take some time to record it, put all the information together, record it, edit it, and get it out there. In that time, the disappearance um, might be solved one way or the other. So this story is from August 20th of 2020. A Kansas wife and mother who vanished nearly two weeks ago while en, en route to Alabama is believed to have died from com- carbon monoxide poisoning. Mary Lane Carter, a 36-year-old graduate of Samford University's Beeson Divinity School and the wife of an Overland Park pastor, was last seen about 8.15 p.m. August 1st, my birthday, when she left home headed toward Birmingham to visit family and seek help for mental health issues, according to the Overland Park Police Department. Two weeks of searches by land, air, and water ended Tuesday when Carter's body was found in West Memphis, Arkansas, in Crittenden County. I'm sure I did not pronounce that name right. If you remember what the resolution was to this is they had some phone ping information. She was driving there and she went missing. She did not get to her ultimate location. People start wondering what's going on. They're calling her. Finally, they're able to get some ping information. It really narrowed down where she could be. And I, to this day, give whoever the searcher was, I give this person all the credit in the world, thinking a little outside the box. It was kind of in this uh, kind of um, industrial area, might call it that. Wasn't on your normal city street or anything, but industrial area where there were these like huge containers that you might see on like a big, huge cargo ship. And they were all closed. They're just sitting there in this field for whatever reason. I don't know what's going on. Uh, did, so, did somebody collect them? Were they defective? Were they, were they damaged in some way? I don't know why why they weren't being used. I don't know. But the person got the idea, well, you know, a car could fit in one of those. Started going through these containers on this abandoned property or whatever. 
opened one of them up, and she was in there in her car. She drove in there, found this container, drove in there, closed it up, left the car running, and that's how she died of carbon monoxide poisoning. I still think about this disappearance. It's one, even, you know, it's an Unfound Now episode, and you know on the regular Unfound episodes how I like to compare and contrast disappearances. Uh, whatever disappearance I'm talking about that particular week, I will mention other disappearances that we've featured that are kind of like it. It's very common. I love to do that, compare and contrast. I think we can learn a lot from that. This is one of those disappearances that really sticks with me because I think it shows the lengths that people will go to to harm themselves if they really, really, really are, you know, hell-bent on doing so. Because there is no way that Mary Lane Carter, in driving from Kansas to Alabama, if she has these suicidal thoughts in her head, could have ever planned that she was going to be able to find a container in which to kill herself. Pull in there. Uh, pull, open it up. It's going to be empty. She pulls in, closes the door behind her, and, and kills herself. There is no way she could have planned that. In fact, even for me, I'm a fairly streetwise guy. It would never occur to me that there would be containers that I could get to to even look aside. I have no th- suicidal thoughts, but even to going on an adventure or something. You mean I could just go onto some piece of property and there's going to be containers there and they're going to be empty? I wouldn't even think of that. But I think it's clear that she had these ideas and I think she was just riding around until an idea popped into her head when she saw these containers sitting there. So when we think about suicide for disappearances... We need to keep our minds very, very wide open because with Marilyn Carter, there's no way she could have planned this. But she figured out uh, a unique way to kill herself. I mean people dying of carbon monoxide poisoning, both on purpose and by accident, fairly common. But figuring out how to do so on somebody else's property in a storage container, that has to be a first. That has to be a first. So it's so unique. And I tell you what, if um, they had not had her phone ping information, say this was 30 years ago and something like this happened, who knows where, when Mary Lane Carter might have been found? Maybe never. So that was the third episode of Unfound Now that is now resolved. Next Unfound Now episode that got Resolved, and this one got resolved fairly quickly. Stephanie Hollingsworth. This is an episode that came out in September of 2020, and this is a story that comes from October 20th of 2020. The Orlando Police Department has confirmed the body found inside an SUV in a retention pond over the weekend is that of the missing woman from Belle Isle, Stephanie Hollingsworth. Police said Hollingsworth. Worth was last seen on September 25th in her Chevy Tahoe. Investigators said researchers flying a 
a drone over the weekend saw the vehicle in a retention pond near Dowden Road and Storytime Drive near the Innovation Way area, even with the titles of the road. You know this was Orlando. A body was also found in the vehicle on Monday. Police confirmed the body found in the SUV was the missing mother of three. Officers said the Belle Isle Police Department and her family have been, have been notified. A memorial was created near the pond. Hollingsworth was found near the, where she was found. Friends, family, and strangers showed up Monday laying flowers, stuffed animals, and photos. What I also remember about this disappearance is that there was at least photos, if not video, of her going into a liquor store where we have alcohol and regular grocery stores here in, in Florida. I know some states do not, but she was in there uh, buying alcohol, and I think that she did have a drinking problem. I think that she was an alcoholic, and so I think that uh, when this Unfound Now episode came out, the belief was that she was drinking and driving, and... She lost control of her vehicle, and she went somewhere. I don't know if we were necessarily thinking the water, but we now know uh, that happens. Maybe more than us than we all realize, given uh, the work that uh, places like Adventures with Purpose, Chaos Divers, a bunch of them now, the work that they now do, that this happens maybe a little bit more than could have ever been predicted. But uh, the, the belief is that she was drinking, driving, uh, lost control of her SUV and drowned in her vehicle. I don't think there's any reason to believe this was on purpose or any foul play. Uh, she was a casualty of her own uh, drinking and driving. Very sad. So this got resolved not even a month after that episode came out. Next Unfound now, epi- now episode comes from October, so you will notice we started in June. The one in June was resolved. July was resolved. August was resolved. September was resolved, and so we're into October of 2020. All these in a row were eventually resolved, so we're going to now talk about Corey Dale Moore. And this, uh, so I featured him in October 2020, so he went missing right around that time, within maybe a month or two before that. And this story comes to us uh, from February of 2021. Human remains found in Lee County, North Carolina, last Friday, have been identified as Corey Dale Moore, a 32-year-old father who had been missing since September, according to the Lee County Sheriff's Office. Remains were found around 1 p.m. on Friday, February 12th, 2021, in a heavily wooded area near Carbonton and Pickard Roads in Sanford, North Carolina, a half mile from where Corey was last seen. According to the sheriff's office, the remains were discovered by a couple walking the land with possible intentions of purchasing it. This disappearance of Maybe all of the ones that have been talked about, we've uh, featured so far, that I've talked about in this episode that have been resolved. This is the first one probably that is very much like many that we've uh, covered on Unfound. We hear about what I would call a young man. I mean, I'm 53 now, but you know, this guy's in his 30s. Just kind of walks off. Uh, we've uh, How many have we had like this? Many. In fact... Just looking at Unfound's uh, list, and I have it in in front of me, 
we might think about recently Christopher Douthit, Jesse Farber, Brandon Barron. Those are all three in a row, and they kind of fall into the same category. Of course, I'm open to different ideas on all three of those disappearances, but the general facts kind of go along with this young man, Corey Dale Moore. He's at home or he's somewhere, and then he's just not there. He might have walked off. And everybody's puzzled as to what could have happened. Doesn't seem like he drove away. Doesn't seem like anybody came to pick him up. Uh, What's going on here? Uh, I don't have it in my notes for the recording of this episode. Might have been that he was suicidal. Was he having some mental health issues? Was he into drugs? I think these are all possibilities. Uh, for Corey's disappearance. But what also sticks out to me is something that I read right there at the end of that article that according to the the sheriff's office, the remains were discovered by a couple walking the land with possible intentions of purchasing it. So we might be open to the idea that the reason that he wasn't found right away after this happened is because he'd walked away onto somebody else's property and somebody might not have allowed any searchers to go on it. And then somebody comes to buy the property. Of course, they have access. They want to look at hey, what's going on in this big piece of property. And they do find Corey. I think seven years into Unfound, we're finding out that this is something that really, really, really needs to be understood. It's something that cannot be taken for granted when you start doing searches for missing people. If you even have one landowner – now. Uh, you know, I'll give it a break. If the landowner only lives on a piece of property that's uh, a quarter of an acre or something, and we don't believe this person had anything to do with the disappearance, okay. But we start getting into searches and people who own land of maybe three acres, four acres, five acres, ten acres, and these people won't allow access to their woods, to their grass, to their streams or whatever else. We have to start thinking that probably that's where the missing person has ended up. I'm not suspicious of these people. They have every right in the world to act like they do. Not helpful. No law against it. But I'm more and more at this point of uh, featuring and studying and you know researching and everything else um, disappearances. This is a bigger factor than maybe I could – once again, it's one of those topics. It's a bigger factor than I could have ever realized. People not allowing searches to access their land, this then causes missing people to be missing for longer. Something to think about with Corey Dale Moore. Next disappearance, Uh, we have another one right in a row. So June – Resolved, July resolved, August 2020 resolved, September 2020 resolved, October 2020 resolved, and now we're here to November 2020. This is another one. All these in the row. The first six that were ever featured on Unfound Now have been resolved to one point or another. This one, though, is really, really way still up in the air, and that is the disappearance of Alan White. This is the November 2020 episode, and this article actually that I'm going to read here is from May of 2023, so not that long ago. So 
uh, two and a half years after his disappearance. Along Dallas's southern edge, a heavily wooded area holds the mystery. Who killed Alan White, and how did the KPMG executive's remains wind up there, waiting to be discovered months after he disappeared? And this is a a long article um, that you should check out if you have the time. Just do a search for Alan White missing, uh, and you'll see that several articles just this year have been written about his disappearance, and there's the very common belief, popular belief out there that he was murdered. This is not ring a gabelle. If you remember, um, Alan White, a gay man uh, living with his partner in Texas. And what happened was Alan went to the gym, as he usually did in the morning, but he was only there. He got on the treadmill, but he was only on the treadmill for 20 minutes, which to this day still seems strange to me. Uh, and as a guy, although I haven't been going to the gym recently, as a guy used to go to the gym a lot, I'm not sure somebody, if you have a treadmill, maybe in your house, I can see maybe only using it for 20 minutes, but actually driving somewhere to only use a treadmill for 20 minutes seems odd. So what happened was he's on this treadmill 20 minutes, very unusual for him. Gets off of the treadmill, seems to me using his phone, somehow texting somebody. He uh, has a rental car that just happens to be a Porsche or Porsche. And after that, he goes to a convenience store and then he disappears. Seemingly, allegedly never made it home. And I have to tell you, I, I, I don't believe that... Ellen's uh, partner had anything to do with his disappearance. But eventually, months later, his remains were found near a local college campus, um, you know, in the city where he went missing in Dallas, just near the campus in kind of a wooded area. And in preparation to do this episode, I tried to. F- find out that they ever released the cause of death or anything. They never have. But the car, the rental that he had was found down there. So this was not some sort of carjacking or anything. And there's no video showing that Alan was abducted or, you know, was forced to get back to his car. There's no allegations that that have made it out there publicly. No scientific proof Uh, That that happened. So there is a belief out there that could he have been meeting somebody? Did he get lured somewhere for whatever reason? Was he cheating on his boyfriend? Maybe this is somebody that he actually knew had nothing to do with uh, romance or anything. Was there something else going on in his personal life that had to do with the business he was in? That he was asked to go somewhere I think that's highly, highly uh, possible. I don't know how probable it is, but highly possible. Simply when I look at the time that he was on that treadmill, it seems to me that what makes sense is that he planned to be at the gym for longer than 20 minutes, and then somebody contacted him and said, hey, will you meet me here? And so he just jumps off the treadmill and goes to meet this person. 
The problem we have is that we don't know what the cause of death was. And given that it seems Dallas police are still uh, investigating this, that this is still an open investigation, I guess should mean to us that, yes, it was murder. And given that he was found, I wouldn't say quickly, but it didn't take years, there should have been a way to determine you know, if there was foul play or not, whether it was a strangulation or a stabbing or something. Uh, my guess is that – I guess there was given that the investigation is still open here in uh, September of 2023. So this is still a big mystery. I think what would help me uh, uh, me and all of you along with this, if we knew, uh, are there were there other gay men getting lured places? I really, I really have to admit that I've not looked into that recently. I think I did do that at the time, and I just don't remember anything really popping up. But maybe since then, a pattern has developed, maybe. Or it very well may be that he committed suicide and they just haven't been able to prove that yet. We have to think about disappearances. Of course, like we just talked about, I just talked about Marilyn Carter. Very, very unusual way to kill herself. Or you might think about something, uh, a disappearance and that was resolved like Daniel Villarreal who ran away from a, a car wreck and died in somebody's outhouse in their backyard, no foul play. Very, very unusual. Maybe Allen's falls somewhere in there as well. So still, still um, open, but for purposes of this episode of at least somewhat resolved, Allen's remains have been found, and I'll try to keep tabs on how this investigation goes as to what could have happened to him. All right. Uh, the next one that was resolved. And if you're wondering which disappearance finally broke the string of these ones that have been somewhat resolved is a disappearance. We all know very well. Because it eventually became a regular unfound podcast episode, and that was Jason Landry. That was the next one on this list, but his is not resolved. He, he's not been found. We still are not sure what happened to Jason. So that his was the one that finally broke the string of resolved, somewhat resolved, unfound now episodes. Moving on. Uh, we move up to, I think I skipped January of 2021. So February of 2021, Aliyah Scheibel. Uh, and the, she went missing on December 9th of 2020. In fact, she ran away. And this article came out, I think, just a month after the Unfound Now episode that I did came out. It says, police uh, – this was the original writing, by the way. Police need help finding 17-year-old who they say – a 17-year-old who they say ran away from home. According to authorities, 17-year-old Ali Scheibel was last seen on December 9th, 2020 in North Las Vegas. She was reported missing on that day and was last seen near the area of Pivot Avenue near Commerce, Commerce Street and El Campo, Campo Grande Avenue. Police say her case has been upgraded from a missing runaway to missing endangered runaway. Scheibel is described as a female, about 5'8 tall, 150 pounds, and with brown hair and brown eyes. And I think there was even a video showing her 
uh, running away that morning. She eventually came home. I think she was not found in it. I think she came home by choice. And I don't think to this day anybody does know uh, where she was. Maybe some of you have really followed this closely. Um, No, but I could not find any information as to where she said she was during this time. That she's alive and home, that's good enough for me. But there is the curious side of me that would maybe want to know more about this. And although I did not speak to anybody in her family... I think her mother actually messaged me. I don't know where to tell me. Yeah, uh, Aaliyah came home. Something She must have known that I did the coverage of her daughter's disappearance or something. Something she found out somehow, and she sent me a message to say that Aaliyah uh, did come home. But I think it was some months after this Unfound Now episode came out. The next resolved unfound, now missing persons case, was that of Candy Gonzalez. And this is probably, hopefully, maybe still nude in your minds because I talked about this in uh, a recent, the most recent update episode. Uh, This is an episode from uh, July of 2021. And this is an article just from a few months ago, June 29th, 2023. Remains found in Prestonburg last year, so in 2022, have been positively identified as 36-year-old Candy Gonzalez, who had been missing since June of 2021. Police made her family aware this week. It's pretty heart-stopping because all the time I held out hope that she was still alive, and now it's the end, Candy's mother, Betty Dixon, said as she fought back tears. Dixon said it was her niece that found the bones in the woods last year after a logger had found a nearby skull. She didn't know that at the time it was candy. She just saw something white and just started pulling it out of the ground, and she comes away with teeth in her hand, Dixon said. Police used used DNA to see if it was candies. The family, as well as authorities, had searched extensively for her. Betty said she would travel from her house in central Kentucky to Floyd County every weekend. Candy was the mother of a five-year-old. She was so happy. She loved people and do anything for them. Dixon said she loved her little boy above anything. While an official cause of death has not been determined, Dixon said the family thinks foul play was involved. They've been frustrated with the police investigation. Uh, so that was the article that was written just a few months ago regarding the resolution to Candy's disappearance. I have to tell you, even though I I realize the family thinks it was foul play, there's nothing that I've seen in any information anywhere to believe this was foul play. If you remember, this is maybe not ringing a bell. This is the disappearance where she kind of lost her mind, and there was a video of her running in that somebody's backyard. And you can see Candy running away from the camera in this backyard, like toward the back of the property, which really wasn't that far away. And then there's like a creek bed that runs – I think it has water in it. It's a creek uh, – at the edge of the back of the property, and she jumps down into this creek bed and then runs off camera to the left. Uh, I know that was well publicized back at that time. This is that disappearance. This was an Unfound Now episode, and I looked as best I could to find out where uh, she was found in contrast to where she was last seen. It's not close. It's not a quarter mile away, but it's not 30 miles away either. Uh, 
you know, he didn't write in my notes, but it seemed to me maybe it was four miles away, five miles away, of course, depending on how she went. But I guess it was close enough that the family considered it to be a search area, being that I just read this article, in article and it does seem that a family member uh, did find her, at least found something originally that then led to official people coming in. So it couldn't have been so far away that it couldn't have been considered a search area. I I, I don't know how uh, foul play, what she's running off. She's paranoid. She's having some sort of mental episode. Maybe drugs are involved, but I don't think I've ever read anything like that. And on top of that, though, somebody comes along and murders her. It's It's just a little hard to imagine. But her remains are found... If it was fall play, given the description here, this might be a Tom Brown situation where we really never know how she died or how he died. The rains are just too far gone at this point. Next unfound now disappearance that was resolved, Justin Siwek, S-I-W-E-K. Uh, this is uh, episode that came out in August of 2021. And this article is from May 2023. This was also one that was included in the most recent update episode. Detectives identify the remains of a missing man found in mid-April. Kansas City, Kansas police said a hiker found the remains of a 32-year-old uh, of 32-year-old Justin Siwek in Wyandotte County. Siwek disappeared in June 2021. His family said they found his car parked at a hotel near Kansas Speedway. Cywick's father told Fox 4 after his son's disappearance that Cywick's car was empty. Someone pried open a window and glass was broken. He also believed his son went out with a woman he met on Facebook but did not know well. Two months after his disappearance, Cywick's mother said she believed the woman lured her son to the hotel where he was robbed and killed. Police used forensic testing and DNA provided by a family member to identify Cywick. The police department says his death remains under investigation. Anyone who knows information about his death is asked to call the tips hotline at 816-474-TIPS. I do remember uh, back when I was going, I knew I was going to be talking about this for the update episode. I went and looked at a map, looked at a map. His remains were found not far from where his car was. I'm kind of at this point dismissive. A foul play, Justin had a lot of things going on. And this is uh, one of those that's, that just seems to me like Noah Davis, Chris, uh, Christopher Douthit, Brandon Barron, Jesse Farber, all in that category of Ronnie Russell, young men, stuff going on, let's just put it that way. And an overdose something like that. Of course, if it was suicide, I think that the police, this would be fairly obvious. They would find a gun, something on him when the remains were found. That's not the situation. Uh, but I'm not thinking foul play at this point for Justin's uh, death. Uh, I just don't know what the status of the remains were. You have to remember he went missing in 2021. He wasn't discovered until 2023. That's, uh, I know it doesn't seem like a long time, but what remains are sitting out there. That is a long time. So we just don't know if uh, they'll be able to get anything from the body to determine if it was foul play or not. I'm just not leaning that way, but 
the criteria for this episode is somewhat resolved. His remains were found, so it somewhat resolved. Justin Sywick, S-I-W-E-K. If you want to Google, uh, read more about his disappearance and the resolution to uh, this, his body being found. And of course, for all of these, if this is all new to you, you've not yet watched any of the Unfound Now episodes, please go to YouTube, our YouTube channel, and do so. Next disappearance, or should I say disappearances, the disappearances of Shannon Miller, Glenda Parton, and Dwayne Selby. These uh, are uh, disappearances, at least two of them, that, uh, that I spoke about. I think it was November. Let me just check this for a moment. Uh, yes, November of 2021. And I'm just going to read to you the Charlie Project uh, coverage of uh, these cases. Because these are ones also that were just now getting resolved, although these are surely murders. There's a murder out there somewhere, murder out there somewhere uh, who hasn't been caught yet. Uh, but this was on the most uh, recent update episode as well. Uh, D. Wayne Selby disappeared from Turley, Oklahoma on October 22nd, 2021. He and his longtime roommate and business partner, 76-year-old Jack Grimes, planned to attend a horse show in the Dallas-Fort Worth area of Texas and buy a horse. They never made it to the horse show, and there's no evidence they left the local area at all. Both men disappeared. Uh, his mother... Uh, Dwayne's mother, Glenda Cookie Parton, who lived with her daughter and son-in-law about an hour from Turley, decided to report her son missing on October 25th. She disappeared later that day and was reported missing on October 26th. On October 31st, uh, Grimes' body was found by deer hunters near 59th Place North and North Exanthus. Less than a mile from his and Selby's home, he had been murdered in August of 2023. Selby and his mother's bodies were found not far from where Grimes' body was located. Authorities believe all three were killed by the same person. No one has been arrested in the triple homicide and no suspects have been named. So this is from November of 2021. And I think by the time I did that episode that the, the uh, Mr. Grimes' body had already been found and they knew that he had been murdered. Uh, but Dwayne and his mother were still missing and the remains weren't found until this year, uh, as I just read. But the weird thing is around the same time, there was another man who was murdered. That really, uh, not sure if that guy knew these people or not. This all kind of happened in the same area around the same time. Just not sure what's going on here. But all I can say for sure is uh, Mr. Grimes, uh, Dwayne Selby, and his mother all murdered by the same person or group of people. And we'll, we will all just have to keep our eyes appealed for any movement. Uh, this is... You know, this area of uh, Oak, uh, Oklahoma where this all happened, uh, this kind of stuff is very rare. This isn't Chicago. So something was...
is going on here. Uh, I, I we've had a, I've had a chance to talk uh, to some of you about this since this Unfound Now episode came out. This has to have something to do with horse stealing or something, right? Probably. Next Unfound Now episode that that is uh, resolved, somewhat resolved. In fact, I think we're just going to have to be comfortable with the idea that this one has been totally resolved. And this is one that all of you know very, very well because just like Jason Landry's, this one eventually became a regular Unfound podcast episode that came, of course, the podcast that comes out every Friday on this feed that you're listening to right now. Bowman. This is an episode of Unfound Now that came out on uh, in January of 2022. Of course, he went missing not long before Christmas of 2021. And most of you should be very, very familiar with this, uh, the circumstances uh, down there in L.A., Santa Monica area, that uh, he was taking uh, Uber and Lyft rides around that area. And then he, uh, his last Uber ride... Seemingly, allegedly, presumably, was dropped off at a certain address in Santa Monica, never to be seen again. This is where this uh, woman, Joanna Good, comes into play because it was her address. But, of course, she claimed that she had no idea who Bowman uh, is. And, um, of course, the time that this episode came out, she was still alive, but she ended up I don't know if it was suicide or a drug overdose. She ended up dying in January of this year of 2023. And so if she knew anything, we're going to know that now. But eventually, uh, Bo's remains were found right down the street from that address. And it was, uh, I know some of you have uh, done Google Street View to find out. Because Bowman's disappearance, national news. I don't know if it was national news at the time that I featured him on Unfound Now, but eventually it became that way. And certainly when his remains were found, they were found in April of 2023, identified in May of this year, that it became a national news story. How is it that some guy who started this app, which um, Sober Grid, uh, I've been told they're shutting that application down down for some reason. But how can a guy who started the Sober Grid application, very popular, how could he just disappear? And how could he have been in that spot, like in this courtyard, uh, lying there out in the elements for so long and nobody noticed uh, he was there? Because we have to remember that he was missing from December of 2021 until his remains were found in April of 2023. And he wasn't hidden. This was not the woods. This is not in some uh, state park, national park, or anything. This was just uh, steel and concrete of L.A. And it was if you were to go to the address where he got dropped off, you follow this alley right down there about a quarter mile. He was found right there on the left in this little courtyard of an abandoned complex and seemingly had been there the whole time. As best as the coroner can say. Of course, all his stuff's gone. He had these computers, a phone, everything. All that stuff's gone, but his remains were found. And I don't think anybody now is thinking that it was foul play at all. Really unusual, very unusual 
set of circumstances. Uh, the belief, I don't know if there's any proof of this, but the belief is that Bo had uh, gone back to his addiction ways, and that's what eventually caused his death. What he was doing on that street, did he and Joanna Good know each other? Still up in the air, although I talked to a woman, woman four months ago maybe who said that, yes, yeah, she once did – she was at Joanna Goods one time and did see Bo and Joanna together. I'm not calling this woman a liar, but I'd certainly want more than one person's a testimony to that. So um, we may never know. I, I'm – I'm hopeful we someday will know more. I don't know if it's going to lead us to the idea that he was killed. Even if we knew for sure, for sure that the two knew each other, maybe then that would explain something. Did he get dropped off there? He went in there and overdosed and then somebody took him down the street. There's nothing that rules that out. So... Don't know. But for the purposes of this episode, uh, Bowman's disappearance has been resolved. And, it, and, and in talking to his mother a couple times since May of 2023, I don't think his family really believes that foul play occurred. It very well may be that somebody covered up his overdose and death, but I don't think anybody's thinking that somebody intentionally killed him. Next unfound now episode I want to talk about that has been resolved is the disappearance of Steven Salazar. And this is one of those where I think we can apply it to a lot of disappearances that have been featured on the podcast. This is in uh, March of 2022 when I produced this episode when it came out. And the story, uh, the article I'm about to read to you is from October of 2022. Now, to set this all up, Stephen Salazar, uh, this has all happened in the, in the Harrisburg area of Pennsylvania. Harrisburg is the capital of Pennsylvania. Most people don't realize it. They think it's like Pittsburgh or Philadelphia. Capital of Pennsylvania is Harrisburg. It's in the middle of the state. And as far as anybody can tell, I've really not learned that much more about Mr. Salazar since – uh, this episode came out, but just driving home. He was on a road, on a, on a highway, going home in the direction of his house, got into a car wreck, jumped out of the car, ran over to this bridge that crosses the Susquehanna River in Harrisburg, and jumped. He just, it's one of those situations where if, Bunch of people didn't see it. You wouldn't believe it happened. I mean, who does that? But this is what these people said they saw. And here is the article from October of 2022. So roughly six months after the episode came out. The remains of a man who has been missing from Harrisburg since December was found in the Susquehanna River last week, according to the Lancaster County Coroner's Office. 61-year-old Stephen Salazar was last seen on the Interstate 83 Bridge in Harrisburg on December 23rd, Lower Paxton Township Police said at the time. On September 29th of 2022, two kayakers reported finding human skeletal remains on Weiss Island, the coroner's office said. Members of the coroner's office went to the island around 7 p.m. and worked with state police to evaluate the scene over the course of two days. 
Authorities found multiple skeletal parts. A forensic odontologist helped examine the remains of the at the Lancaster County Forensic Center and were able to positively identify them as Salazar. The coroner's office said Salazar died by fresh water drowning. Makes no sense. There, There's nothing in all of our experiences as humans that would think it would be possible for a guy driving in his car gets into a wreck and just automatically jumps out of the car and jumps off a bridge. No allegations that he was drinking and driving. No allegations that he was, uh, maybe he was though, I don't know, but nothing very public that he was driving without a license. No information that uh, he was wanted for any crimes. Nothing. No allegations that he was, uh, when he jumped out of the car, he was making any crazy statements about the end of the earth or anything like that. I don't even think that anybody was harmed in this accident. It wasn't like he was so distraught that he just killed somebody in an accident and he just lost his mind. Nothing like that happened. Wreck ran back to the bridge and it was the bridge that he had just crossed over in his car and jumped. This is why disappearances are so difficult. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. These are why they're so hard to analyze and theorize on. You just would not think if, you know, say nobody saw him. Say that, yeah, there was a car wreck, but say that he just ran into a telephone pole by himself at three in the morning and nobody saw it and the car is empty. Would any of us really be thinking that he ran over to that bridge and jumped? No. But that's what he did. So difficult. But I just don't know what his story was. Nobody – I think somebody at one time did send me additional information about him. But it really uh, did not give me any more insight into the man. And I've looked, tried to find if his family had anything more to say about it. Well, he was a very troubled guy. I haven't found anything. So if you do run across anything like that, please send it to me at unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. I'd like to read it. But Stephen Zalazar, that is – we just have to remember this. We start looking at all these other disappearances. We're not sure what happened. We just have to be so open to so many different ideas that normally we would not uh, think about. And we could use Stephen Salazar's – uh, suicide and recover as proof that, you know what, maybe this does happen. Maybe we just need to be so open-minded to just about anything. Next unfound now disappearance that was resolved, Lindsay Shobalock. Uh, this is an episode that came out in April of 2022. And uh, this is one of those that right after the episode came out, uh, this was resolved. So this article is from May of 2022. The Ross County Sheriff's Office posted a statement from Sheriff George Lavender Jr. On Monday, May 9th, 2022, that their office received information from hunters that there was an abandoned suspicious campsite in the woods in southwestern Chillicothe, Ohio. Chillicothe, we've talked about that place a couple times. The sheriff stated the deputies responded to the area with assistance from the Ross County Search and Rescue Team. While searching the area, they located human remains, which were sent to the Montgomery County Coroner's Office for identification. 
The Facebook post was then updated on Tuesday, May 10th, 2022, with the information that remains found the day before had been identified as belonging to Lindsay Shobalock, the 28-year-old who disappeared on Wednesday, February 23rd, 2022 in Chillicothe. Dateline featured Lindsay's case in the Missing in America digital series in March. If you will remember, this is the one I was she working at a pet store, something like that, and she just said, well, I just have to leave. Just up, then left. I have to go. See ya. I'm gone. No explanation. But there was proof that after she left her job that she did go home. I don't have it in my notes. Did she leave something there or something that she had at work ended up at her at her apartment or wherever she lived? And then eventually her car was found on some back road and she was found in the woods nearby. And I remember that there were some searches that did not find her originally. She was not found like as soon as they started searching is not how it was not when she was found, but there was like maybe some campsites, like there might've been homeless or people living in the area. For some reason that uh, sticks with me, but she was found not too far from her car. But on the other hand, she wasn't, I don't think she was found like on the first day of a search either. They found some other, Things uh, that were not connected to her, and then her remains were found. Uh, This is one of those where I don't think there was foul play involved. She left uh, her work all on her own. She wouldn't tell anybody what she's doing. Um, She went home for some reason. I don't know, but no allegations that she called or texted anybody to meet her anywhere or got carjacked. So I, I think I think that Lindsay had a drug issue, and I think she was trying to beat it, and I don't think that she did. Something was going on there. Maybe mental health issues too. Of course, we know those addictions and mental health issues are often intertwined. So that was the resolution to the disappearance of Lindsay Shobalock. Next unfound. Uh, episode, Unfound Now episode, this comes uh, from May of 2022, the disappearance of Jordan Simeon. And this article is also from May 2022. This is uh, another one where the episode came out not long after the episode came out, this uh, disappearance was resolved. Like I said, it's... We start covering recent disappearances, very common. You cover one, and before long, it's resolved. In contrast to the podcast where we're covering disappearances, 10 years old, 20 years old, 30 years old, completely different situation. So from May of 2022, the body of a Fargo man who went missing in Arkansas while on his way to New Orleans or New Orleans has been found in a creek. 25-year-old Jordan Simeon had been missing since March 7th when his car broke down on I-40 near Little Rock. A body was found late last month, about 200 yards from the interstate, and this week it was confirmed to be Simeon through DNA testing. In a social media post, Simeon's grandmother said it appeared there was no trauma. His car was found with valuables inside, and the keys were on the roof. Police say Simeon had Huntington's disease and was symptomatic. He FaceTimed with a friend after his car broke down and was supposed to get on a bus in Benton, Arkansas, but never made it to pick up his ticket or get on the bus. Authorities continue to investigate. So he was moving. He was moving from Fargo to New Orleans to 
live. It was, wasn't just some sort of vacation or anything. And in Arkansas, his car broke down, and uh, that is where he went missing. You, as you can imagine, when this episode came out, a lot of people talking, thinking, did somebody pull over to you know, help him and harm him? Maybe we're looking at like a uh, Paige Rinkowski type of situation that was a uh, disappearance we covered a few months ago from Michigan where I happen to believe she surely was murdered, although very unique situation uh, that certainly happened with Paige. I'm not thinking the same way with Jordan. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I, it's, it, I mean, if you get as far as Arkansas, was he not serious about moving to New Orleans? Did he get to that point? Did his car really break down? What was wrong with it? Uh, did it overheat? Was it a flat tire? Did the transmission give out? It, this is the way we have to think. What would cause somebody who's planning to go to New Orleans, the car breaks down and suddenly this person's dying? It's it's hard to understand, but just as I was talking about Stephen Zalazar, yeah, it's hard to understand why somebody would jump off a bridge after a wrecking car too. So, um, weirdly, I don't think that foul play occurred here. I don't know why Jordan died. Very well could be that somebody came along, but surely there's no evidence, at least publicly, to show that. I realize logically, yeah, sure, it's foul play. Gotta be. I mean, what are the odds? You know, who's gonna break down on the side of the road and then go down into the woods and and kill himself somehow? And it doesn't even say how he could have done that. Did he have a gun with him? Did he have a knife with him? Did he overdose? Uh, I don't know. But did he just happen to have some sort of medical event at the same time that his car broke down? That seems unlikely. So. We start thinking in the direction of foul play, but my problem is if this were foul play, I think the facts would just be a little different. But it, like uh, this is uh, from over a year ago. Are are they still investigating this? I, I really don't know. But uh, his remains were found. I don't think it was foul play. But maybe they have information that uh, have not that has not been released to the public to say it was. And they're still searching for the killer. I, I can see it. You know, somebody from out of state. You got some person. Somebody goes by, sees somebody stuck on the side of the road with a license plate from out of out of town, out of that state. The person could be a victim, easy victim. The problem is, there's nothing that I've read anywhere to think that anything was stolen. Would the person just pull over to the side of the road and kill him? No. So Jordan Simeon, that uh, is the episode from May of 2022. Next episode, this is from August of 2022. Uh, this one, this episode came out of Unfound Now, once again, on the Unfound YouTube channel. If you are unfamiliar with Unfound Now, please go there and... Listen slash watch to all of the ones that have been produced so far, even if they've been resolved. So Dana Smithers, this was the missing person featured in the August 2022 edition of Unfound Now. 
And this article comes to us from May of 2023. This is another one that was featured in the most recent update episode. A body found in Monroe County last week has now been identified as Dana Smithers, who was reported missing last June. Smithers, 45 years old, was last seen in surveillance video leaving a friend's home. A search conducted at that that time turned up um, turned up nothing. That was till last week until last week when a borough employee discovered a decomposed body in a wooded area along Park Avenue in Stroudsburg near the on ramp to I-80 East. A portion of the remains were examined Monday, identifying Smithers through dental records. Results from an autopsy conducted Monday are pending further testing. Officials say the case remains an ongoing investigation. Anyone with any information is asked to contact Stroud Area Regional Police at 570-421-6800. And so she was seen at a friend's house and then never seen again. This is a disappearance that, to me, seemed pretty straightforward. But I can tell you that for people who were looking at this, thought, well, this you know, has to be some sort of foul play. Did, um, you know, did she have a man in her life? Yeah, something like that. Could she have been being stalked? Did she go home and somebody was waiting for her? But I will tell you, none of that really, I did not get that kind of insight into this. No, there was nothing, no feeling that I got that that was uh, the, the situation. This is one of those ones where it just seems like, like I just talked about with Lin, Lindsay Shobalock. Something going on with that person that has nothing to do with anything else. But the reason um, Dana Smithers' disappearance got a lot of attention, uh, at least once, other than it being her remains being found, is that they did have some some sort of coroner's inquest, and Brian Koberger, yes, the alleged murder of those students in Idaho. His parents were subpoenaed to go to this inquest uh, just where they're taking a look at Dana Smith's, Smithers' death to determine if Brian Koberger could have had anything to do with Dana Smithers' death. Dana Smithers' death? Maybe that's how you say it. I have to tell you, I think this is just totally outlandish. I don't know where the... The DA, the prosecution, the police are going with this. I think what we know about Brian Koberger, if we are to believe, and I think most people do believe that he killed those students in Idaho, that this was, uh, the reason he did so was a personal motivation. He was interested in one of the girls. She blew him off or was following her you know, over Instagram or TikTok or whatever. And she wasn't giving him the attention that he wanted, so he tracked her down and killed her and her friends. Uh, very common. Sad. Horrible. But common. Uh, there's no allegations that Brian Koberger ever, Koberger ever knew Dana Smithers. Yes, his family's from that part of Pennsylvania. That is interesting. But I think that's where it ends. It's just interesting. Just because it's interesting doesn't mean it means anything. I think Dana Smithers just had stuff going on. And 
Uh, I'm just going to guess here that she caused her own uh, disappearance and that she caused her own death. And this location where remains were found, not far from her house at all, easily within walking distance. Next Unfound Now episode comes uh, to all of you from December of 2022, so now less than a year ago. Elizabeth Capaldi, this one, I think just about the day, just around the same time that this episode came out is when it got resolved because this story is from December 16th, 2022. Uh, Sellersville, Pennsylvania, another one from Pennsylvania. We've had four of those. That's not on purpose, even though I'm originally from Pennsylvania. Don't see any. I'm not looking for particular disappearances from Pennsylvania. It's just how this all worked out. I think this is the fourth one, though. Uh, what were the other ones? Linda Stoltfus, Stephen Salazar, Dana Smithers, and now we have Elizabeth Capaldi. But from December 16th of 2022, Sellersville, Pennsylvania, the husband of a woman who has been missing for more than two months has been charged with her murder. The Bucks County District Attorney announced Thursday Stephen Capaldi, 57, has been charged with killing 55-year-old Elizabeth Capaldi inside their Sellersville home on October 10th. Very straightforward on that one. This is a disappearance that maybe had gone a different way. This might have ended up being uh, a, a, an unfound episode, and I would be calling this the man said because I th- think even when this happened, I'm thinking, oh, her husband certainly did this. Why? Because he had the kind of the normal stories we get. Well, I just don't know what happened, and this and just a little playing a little too clueless. Uh, but I don't know why Steven changed his tune. Did his g- conscience get to him or something? I don't know. But he ended up uh, owning up to murdering his wife. And uh don't know. Of course, 57. She's 55. I think they'd, they had been married for a while. Why does this happen? I don't know. Yeah, how can you live with somebody for all those years than just one one day? Uh, kill that person. I, I, as I've said many times, I think this is something that most of these are not planned. Got to believe that there had been some sort of uh, abuse going in the relationship and the marriage already. Maybe that most people did not know about. Maybe the woman's covering up bruises and things, giving excuses maybe for missing work, stuff like that. And then it just goes that one step uh, further, and she's dead. And then the guy covers it up. And unfortunately, a lot of guys are really good at covering these things up, as we've learned on Unfound. Stephen Capaldi was not one of those guys. So that is the that was the resolution to the disappearance. Now we know the murder of Elizabeth Capaldi. Next Unfound Now episode, this is from February of 2023, so we're getting really, really close to the present. Uh, He went missing, Christopher Miller, he went missing in November of 2022, and this is another one that should be fresher in your minds because quite a few of these did get resolved this summer and that ended up on the most recent update episode, Um, just like Dana Smithers and some others. 
So August of 2023, this article is from. The body found in a Rock County home over the weekend is that of, Steve, Chris, is that of Christopher Miller, who has been missing for nearly nine months. The Rock County Sheriff's Office is reporting Monday. Captain Mark Thompson said the Sheriff's Office was aware that the Dane County Medical Examiner's Office notified Miller's family that the body found Sunday in an abandoned home on South Creek Road is Miller. On Tuesday... The statewide missing persons alert for Miller issued by the Madison Police Department was canceled. The department confirmed that Miller was found deceased. Now, to remind all of this to uh, remind you of all of this, back in on November of uh, 2022, you might remember that this was in Wisconsin that Christopher was driving a car late at night. Police tried to pull him over. He pulls over to the side of the road, but he runs off, and there's video of this happening. Police kind of gave chase, but they did not catch him. He didn't come back to his car. He didn't come back to his house. I think that they knew who he was, given the car and maybe stuff that was eventually found in the car. But um, he was nowhere to be found. We have to remember this was Wisconsin in November. It was cold out. Don't think that he was necessarily dressed for the elements, but he took off for whatever reason. Was he drinking and driving? Was there illegal stuff in the car, like drugs or something? Maybe that's a possibility, but he takes off. They, at least as far as I can tell in the video, they don't do, you know, they don't go running after him, which doesn't surprise me at all. Start going off, running off into the dark after some person, person could have a gun and that person getting chased in those conditions, certainly has the advantage. So police, just going to be like, well, he'll pop up somewhere sometime. Well, Christopher Miller didn't pop up. Now, you should know, though, that now that his body has been found, I think it was less than five miles away in this house, that a lot of people are coming out and believing that there's a cover-up here, that the police actually did catch him. And that they murdered him. And then there's also somebody saying, well, I saw the next morning. I saw the police beating somebody out there. And I think it was Christopher. I think they eventually did catch him. I don't believe any of this. I just don't believe any of this. Um, the truth is, he was out in a situation that he shouldn't have been in. We don't know what happened after he ran off by himself. Very well could have fallen, hit his head, didn't know what he was do- doing, You know, stumbled into this house that nobody lived in, and that's how he died. I don't know if we're ever going to know. Of course, this is just a few months ago that uh, this all came out. Will it get me made public as to how he died? Hopefully, but you know, it's one of those things, and I, and I have um, – I have sympathy for all these families out there. You know, that's what I do. Talk to these families. I'll talk to anybody. But it also occurs to me that what happens is a lot of families, they raise a lot of stink. Well, my boy, my girl wouldn't do this. It had to be foul play. It had to be this. It had to be murder. And then when the, the coroner comes back and says, oh, well, it was an, a drug overdose. Oh, this, you know, he, he hit his head. Oh, it was an accident. Oh, it was a suicide. Then... And families, they just don't say anything anymore. And it's very, as I've learned, a lot of families want somebody to blame. 
They need somebody to blame. It's part of the grieving process. My son, my daughter is missing. Somebody had to have done this. And yeah, I, hey, over 60% of the disappearances we've covered on and found, I believe, to be murders. But uh, I think a lot of times families buying into the foul play angle a little too strongly, a little too much when there's no facts to support that. I realize that in this day and age, a lot of people are suspicious of the police, especially when it comes to minorities and, and of course, Black Lives Matter and defund the police. I, I read the news just like all of you do. But what really st- stretches my imagination that the police – murdered Christopher Miller, and really just left him in an abandoned house. That uh, is just not very believable to me. So I think that Christopher died all on his own from the elements, uh, from some sort of injury he might have gotten while running in the dark away from the police. Uh, I think that's much, 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 much more probable. Next disappearance covered on unfounded. Now this one comes from, and you should know I've skipped over those disappearances that are not resolved yet. Some of those I even have them, uh, written here. For example, we covered the disappearance of, um, Dylan rounds from Utah. Remember that of course somebody has been charged with his murder, but I'm still, uh, I'm still not sure what to think of that. So that's why it's not included in this resolved episode. Uh, Heidi Plank, remember her? She was the woman that went to downtown L.A. Her, her dog was found on, what, the 28th floor of that condo building. She's still missing. That was also uh, an Unfound Now episode that did not make it into this episode because just not sure what to think at this point. But so there's several that I've that have skipped over because they just don't fit the criteria. But now we're up to March of 2023. John Tipton, and as I mentioned very early on in this episode, there was one where it got resolved before I could even get the episode out. This is the one. Um, he went missing on. Um, he went missing on January 15th of 2023, and just as I was releasing this, the beginning of March of 2023, this, epi- this article from March 6th came out. We are deeply saddened to report that, uh, that 19-year-old John Tipton, missing since January 15th, 2023, was found deceased this morning in Knoxville. We extend our sincere condolences, thoughts, and prayers to John's family and friends. Now, the situation was that John... Was at work. He went to um, was either like a, a pancakes house or waffle house or IHOP something like that, and he didn't even eat all of his meal. He took it, the meal in a to go box. It was a, at night, and he drove right down the street, not very far. Parked his car in this lot. And, of course, never made it home. People are wondering what's going on. Well, this lot is near this river. And that is where his body was eventually found. Um, He was reported missing by his family members. He was last seen in, is it Sevierville or Sevierville, Tennessee, on Highway 66 in the area of the Knife Works SPD. Uh, uh, In the area of Knife Works. SPD, Sevierville, 
Police Department, with assistance from multiple first responder agencies, immediately began investigating his disappearance. The TBI, Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, produced the missing adult poster. So it seems that was at work, got off work, went to eat, got a to-go box, left the to-go box in the car, parked his car, went over to this river, jumped in. Makes no sense whatsoever. I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't have any answers. For it. It's very sad how these things happen. There's no allegations he was meeting anybody. Um, yeah, I really don't know if they'll be able to uh, determine, you know, with Stephen Salazar, like you heard, uh, he went into the water. They could determine that it was drowning. Will they be able to do this um, for this young man? I don't know. But I can tell you that when I produced this episode that I was thinking this just does not sound foul, like foul play to me. Even though I realize a lot of people would think that. What kind of person's going to go eat, take a to-go box, meaning he's planning to eat whatever it was later, and then go kill himself. I mean, why take the go box if you're planning on killing yourself a half hour from now? I, I realize it's a great argument. I know, it makes no sense. But it seems this is what happened. But this is just as strange as Steven Salazar wrecking his car and jumping off a bridge all by himself. We just don't know what's going through people's heads. And it's kind of scary because we're human too. We have the same brains that these people do. And we start thinking, you know, I know that I do, and I'm a pretty level-headed, sane person. I thought, start thinking, is my brain capable of that? Am I capable of thinking the same way or making the same irrational, totally crazy choices? Wow, I hope not. I hope not. But with Steven Salazar, John Tipton – of course, uh, disappearances we've covered on Unfound and disappearances that I've not covered at all. We know that people make these uh, these decisions that just are inexplicable. And they're huge mysteries and probably will always be that way. And given that I think about this, I see what these people are doing and I think, wow. I hope I'm not capable of doing it. I hope I just don't wake up one day and my brain starts malfunctioning or whatever was going on. We don't know. Maybe you um, kind of feel the same way about it, disappearances like Steven Salazar, John Tipton's. Maybe you think the same way. Maybe you've uh, suffered. Maybe you, that's happened to you and you had to stop yourself or something before you really harmed yourself. But just don't know. We'll continue to work at it, though. Uh, we'll continue to work at it. We'll continue to figure out why these things do happen. We realize a lot of times when people kill themselves, I'm not saying they have good reasons, but I'm not even saying it's logical, but we look at their lives and some things that we're going through and they just didn't see how they were going to work their way out of those situations. I don't see that, for example, in Stephen Salazar. It's not that the way I, I – as much as I know about the guy or John Tipton's and, and others. We can think back to um, like Devin Bond, which is – I think – is that 
think that's the only official suicide that we've covered on the podcast that's been resolved. And the situation there, I think, was that he was interested in a girl and her parents wouldn't allow her to see him. And he was distraught over that. Got the family gun. Walked off, killed himself. Not saying it's logical or rational or anything, but we know young people do this. But that's a far way from talking about what John Tipton did or Stephen Salazar. And I think, you know, we should all be thinking about this. How can people, because these people are us. We're not talking about dogs or giraffes or bears or possums or something. We're talking about humans. All this have the same DNA as we do. So it's very sad. I, I hope one of these days we can figure this out. I realize we're always going to have murderers on this earth. It's unfortunate. Accidents are going to happen, but it comes these types of disappearances. Man, I wish we could do something about them. Get to these people before they end up harming themselves for reasons that the rest of us cannot even begin to fathom. So, But that ends this episode of Unfound Now Resolved. When will I do the next one? I don't know. Probably going to be a few years, probably. Just like with the Unfound Resolve that I did, I, I covered about you know about seven years of the podcast. So it may be another seven years before I do another Unfound Resolved. Of course, I'll have another three hundred disappearances under my belt. Uh, my guess is for Unfound now, probably be another three years or something. Given that Unfound Now has been around for three years, probably be another three years. So be looking for something maybe in 2026 or something. Of course, for the other resolved, for the regular podcast, might have to be around like the year 2030. I'll be like 60 years old or something. Oh, my goodness. But this uh, that's this special episode. Uh, just catching you all up. I hope you uh, found it informative. I hope you uh, – can I say this? I hope you even enjoyed this. You're now all filled in as to – the status of the Unfound Now episodes that have been somewhat resolved, although I do realize some of these not totally resolved, like Alan White's. So, um, But I'll continue to keep you posted as best as I can. If this was all new to you, if you've never uh, gone and listened to or watched these Unfound Now episodes, please consider doing so. And if you, if you do that, please subscribe to the channel and maybe even hit that join button and also consider supporting Unfound through Patreon and PayPal. Thanks for listening.